Hello, and welcome to Making Christ Known, a podcast from Adairsville Baptist Church in Adairsville, Georgia. This podcast features Senior Pastor Eric Sorrell and his sermons designed to make Christ known in Adairsville and beyond. For more information about Adairsville Baptist Church, visit us on Facebook or online at adairsvillebaptistchurch.org. In this episode, Pastor Eric preaches a timely message from the book of 1 Thessalonians. As we begin this year and look toward Easter, what can we do as Christians? How do we worship the Lord with our lives? Pastor Eric shares 10 things that we can do to grow closer to God, grow in our ministry, and honor our Lord with our lives. As a child of God, the Lord is at work in you. Will you diligently follow Him daily? And now, here's Pastor Eric. If it takes three months or more for things to get back to normal, if they ever get back to normal, uh, what, what will that look like and when will that occur? But for the next three months, what do we do in the meantime? What do we do during this pandemic? What have we been doing? What would the Lord have us do when, when we're apart, when we're distanced from, from our fellow brothers and sisters? Easter is in three months. Can you believe it? It'll be here before you know it. So in the next three months, up until Easter, what can you and I do? And today, I think 13. And these are things to do from 1 Thessalonians 2.13 to 1 Thessalonians 3.13. And these are things that Paul and Timothy and the Thessalonians could do. And there are ten things that you and I can also do. <coughs> so here's the context to 1 Thessalonians chapter 2, verse 13, as you open your Bible there, the Pew Bibles, page 986-987. The context of these verses is really this. In Acts chapter 17, we learn that on Paul's second missionary journey, he visited the city of Thessalonica. Now you can still go to that region today. Paul preached there, right? This was his custom, the synagogue, but when that would go south, he would go next door to somebody's house, and he would preach. Well, he preached there in Thessalonica, and when persecution arose, he had to flee to a nearby city, Berea. Remember the Berean church? So he flees to Berea. Timothy and Silas probably go with him. Well, the Jews track him down there. Even the Jews from Thessalonica, they move over to Berea, and Paul is forced to flee Berea, and he goes to the next city. He goes to Athens. And while Paul is away... While Paul is going from city to city, kind of fleeing opposition and hardship and persecution, his heart is for the Thessalonians. He's distanced from them. He's quarantined from them, if you will. They're apart. They're absent. They're not able to meet face to face. And he has this great concern for them. So, later on, Paul decides he will send Timothy. Paul's reasoning is, if I can't go, uh, I'll send Timothy. Timothy can go. Timothy, you go, you check on the Thessalonians, minister to them, and bring me back the report. So after the visit, Timothy rejoins Paul in the city of Corinth, and it's there that Timothy brings a good report about the Thessalonians, and then Paul writes this letter, uh, 1 Thessalonians, from Corinth around the year 50 to, to 54 A.D., This is the context of what we're going to see today. Ten things that we can do until Easter. And I'm going to encourage you to do these ten things. 
10 things that they could do, 10 things that we could do. Even in hardship, they could do it. Even in opposition. Even in persecution. 10 things we can do even in distance when we're apart. Even in separation from one another. We can do these 10 things. What's that? (laughs) Boom, and I'm done, right? Yeah. Number one, we can thank and pray. We can thank God and we can pray. Look at how we're going to begin. 1 Thessalonians 2.13, Paul says, and we also, we, Paul and Silas and Timothy, we thank God, right, in prayer for you. We thank God, he says, constantly, unceasingly, we thank God for this. That when you received the Word of God, which you heard from us, you accepted it. Not as the Word of men, but as what it really is. The Word of God, which is at work in you believers. Number one, we can thank and pray. We can always thank God for something. We can always continue to pray, to pray without ceasing. And Paul's thought was this, even when we're apart, I thank God for you. You thank God for the Word. You thank God for the ministry. And we pray for one another. You can do that. No matter if you're on, watching online or no matter if you're here, we can thank and pray. Number two, what can we do in the next three months? We can receive and believe the Word. He says, one of the things I'm thankful for is that when you received the Word of God, which you heard from us, that spoken Word, you received it, you heard it, He says, you accepted it. Not as the Word of men, but as what it really is. The Word of God. What does the Word of God do? He says, which is at work in you believers. Number two, we can always do this. We can receive and believe the Word of God. You can do that at home. You can do that in the morning. You can do that at night. You can do that anytime you open up the Bible. You can receive the Word. You can read it and you can apply it. And they were doing that. Even if they couldn't meet. Even if Paul couldn't be there preaching and even if Timothy wasn't there, he says, I'm thankful that you heard it, that you know it, that you accepted it, that it's going to do something in you. We can do that for the next three months. Number one, thank and pray. Number two, receive and believe the Word. Here's the third one. We can endure. What can we endure? We can endure suffering and hardship. A neat little section here where Paul's talking about travel plans for Timothy and himself. He says, we can all do this. We can endure the suffering, the hardship, right, of persecution or of a pandemic. Continue reading, look at verses 14 through 16. For you, brothers, you sisters, you became imitators of the churches of God. You you copied Christ. You copied your fellow Christians. Not just in their love and faith, but even in their affliction. He says, For you, brothers, became imitators of the churches of God in Christ Jesus that are in Judea. For you suffered the same things from your own countrymen as they did from the Jews who killed both the Lord Jesus and the prophets. Paul says, you just copied and imitated what happens to all Christians. They suffered. You suffer. Our Savior suffered. 
His point is this, no Christian escapes hardship or hindrances. Right? And why should we think that we're any different in 2021? Now the TV preacher will tell us the lie. Oh, come to Christ and there'll be no hardship and there'll be no hindrances. But Paul was right in the middle of one. He couldn't be there. He had to flee from city to city, running for his life, overcoming persecution and hardship. And the Thessalonians were left there by themselves. But he says, I'm just thankful for you. You imitate all godly disciples and how they just endure suffering and hardship just as our Savior did. He says, they killed Jesus, they killed the prophets, they drove us out, they displeased God, and they opposed all mankind. How? By hindering us from speaking to the Gentiles, the lost, so that they might be saved. So as always to fill up the measure of their sins, but God's wrath has come upon them at last. You know, we can endure suffering and hardship for the next three months or six months or however God calls us to suffer, right? In other countries, you can endure by God's grace. And this is what Paul was saying and what Timothy would say. We need each other in times of hardship. We need one another in these times. Number four, until Easter we can do this. We can long to be together. We can long to be together. Continue reading. Look at verse 17 through 18. Paul says, But since because we were torn away from you, that's the way he felt about it. But since we were torn away from you, brothers, for a short time, just a season, he says, in person, not in heart. Oh, my heart's still right there in Thessalonica. But since we were torn away from you, brothers, for a short time, in person, not in heart, we endeavored, we longed, we desired the more eagerly, with great longing, with great desire to see you face to face. You know, maybe you're watching online and we desire to be face to face again and giving hugs and worshiping and singing together and serving the lost. Paul says, I, I long for that. We're torn away and kind of quarantined, separated, absent for a while. We have this great longing to see you face to face. Verse 18 says, because we wanted to come to you. I, Paul, again and again. But he says, but Satan hindered us. It might be persecution in China or North Korea. It might be a virus in Adairsville, Georgia. It can look different, whatever Satan's methods are to thwart the church. He says, but we have this godly longing to be together. We want to. Look at chapter 3, verse 6. Timothy goes, and when Timothy comes back, Paul says, but now that Timothy has come to us from you and has brought us the good news of your faith and love and reported that you always remember us kindly. I was longing for you Christians at Thessalonica, but you were longing for me. And Timothy told me about that. He says, you always remember us kindly and you long to see us as we long to see you. you know, I remember some of those great times when we had packed this place out and we're singing How Great Thou Art and the voices filling this old tin ceiling and bouncing back. I long for that. We long for Sunday school and community and handshakes and hugs. We can long to be together. That's what this is meant to do. It's to stir in us a longing for togetherness, a longing for connection in the family of God. Sadly, I don't know if Christians are getting that message. It's, it's meant to make us say, I don't want to take this for granted ever again. They were longing to be together. And they didn't have Facebook. They, they didn't have Sling Studio and cameras and 
They didn't have all the books and all the mail and the message. Think how hard it was for Paul to keep in touch with all those churches, Colossae, Philippi, Thessalonica, Ephesus, Galatia. But he's writing letters, and in all the letters, even in Romans, it's like a whole chapter, just greet this person and this person and this person and this person. We have no excuse. <laughs> this longing to be together. We, we need to continue to long for the family of God, for one another. Number five, what can we do for the next three months? We can be joyful. We can be joyful. Continue reading in chapter 2, verse 19. Paul says, For what is our hope? What is our joy? Or crown of boasting before the Lord Jesus at His coming. Oh, He's coming, don't you know it? Haven't you seen the signs? He says, Is it not you, church, brothers and sisters, you Thessalonians, you're our hope, you're our joy, you're our crown of boasting, for you are our glory and joy. In chapter 3, verse 9, he says this, For what thanksgiving can we return to God for you? Oh, Timothy came back and he gave us this report. What thanksgiving can we return to God for you for all the joy that we feel for your sake before our God? You know what brought Paul joy? The people's persistent faith. He said, oh, I thought that maybe you'd slipped. Maybe you'd slide and not strive as we talked about in last week's message. But when I see your persistent faith and your steadfast love, it brings me joy. You're my joy. In another letter, Paul said, I even have a desire for those that I've never met face to face. I'd love to see them. I'd love to have fellowship and break bread and have communion and sing and pray together. That's our joy. We can be joyful. Paul said, I'm, I'm, even in absence, I'm, I'm joyful. What can we do? Let's just review. Until Easter, number one, we can thank and pray. Number two, we can receive and believe the Word. Thank God nobody stopped us from that so far. Number three, we can endure suffering and hardship. And, and some are going through it. Number four, we can long with a holy longing to be together again. We can do what we can until we can in the meantime. Number five, we can be joyful. Number six, we can send and support the work. This is a, a neat chapter. Normally you wouldn't, you know, chapter three of 1 Thessalonians, just kind of some travel plans about Timothy. And here we learn about Timothy's position and purpose and about his report. We can send and support the work. Look at chapter 3. Paul says, Therefore we could bear it no longer. We were willing to be left behind at Athens alone. Right? From Thessalonica to Berea to Athens. He gets to Athens and he goes, I can't stand it anymore, Timothy. Go, go check on him. Go, go. I can't, but you can. Go, Timothy. So verse 2 he says, And we sent Timothy. Now notice Timothy's position. Two words. He's a brother and he's God's co-worker, a co-laborer in the gospel of Christ. And that should be you and me. We're brothers and sisters, and we're also co-workers in the gospel ministry. I have my part, and Paul had his, and Timothy had his, and you have yours. We can send and support the work. Look at verse 5. For this reason, when I could bear it no longer, I sent to learn about your faith, for fear that somehow... The tempter had tempted you and our labor would be in vain. Paul gets a little worried. What are they doing? While they're quarantined and I'm away from them, I'm kind of worried about the church. But what are those members doing? Are they persisting in faith? Are they remaining steadfast and immovable? Are they striving or sliding? Go, Timothy. I, I, man, it's better for you to go and me to stay here. Timothy, go. Timothy goes. He comes back. Wow. It gives me great joy to see how they're standing firm in what they've believed 
We can send and support the work. Even if you're at home, even if you're away, even if you're here, even if you're at the drive-in. And the truth is this, we may be the Paul or we may be the Timothy. There are some Pauls right now that they can't come. They can't be here due to health issues. They, they need to be confined at home and they need to be confined maybe in the drive-in service. That was Paul. He couldn't, he couldn't be there for his life. It wouldn't be smart for him to go. He couldn't go, but what could he do? He could send. He could support. Some are Timothys. I'm a Timothy right now. I can go. I, 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 can, I can stand outside and preach. I can be in here and preach. I'm, I'm healthy enough that I can go and, and risk. And Timothy could go and risk. You may be the Paul or you may be the Timothy. What was Timothy's call? Timothy's call was to go, get busy, serve there. What's Paul's role? Send. Pray. Write a letter or two. Right? When he couldn't go, he knew what he could do. We can all send. We can all support the work. If God's calling you to do it, we can't all go keep children right now, right? Some of, some, it wouldn't be safe to say to some of our senior adults, get in the nursery. Get in the children's ministry. Right? They can't do it. They can send. They can support. They can encourage those that can. Send and support. And, and each had their place. The seventh thing we can do we can strengthen and encourage. Here's Timothy's purpose, and you saw it in verses 2 through 4. In verse 3, he says, or excuse me, in verse 2, he says, uh, well, let's just go back. Chapter 3, verse 1. Therefore, when we could bear it no longer, we were willing to be left behind at Athens alone, and we sent Timothy, our brother, God's co-worker, in the gospel of Christ to do what? To establish and exhort you in your faith. That's his purpose. He positioned then his purpose. Why did he have this purpose? To establish them and exhort them, strengthen and encourage them in the faith. He says, verse 3, so that no one would be moved by these afflictions. For you yourselves, you know that we were destined for this. The call to the Christian life is a call to, to suffer hardship, to jump a hurdle or two. Verse 4, when we were with you, we kept telling you, we kept telling you beforehand that we were to suffer affliction just as it has come to pass and just as you know. Verse 7 Chapter 3, jump down verse 7. For this reason, brothers, in all our distress and affliction, we've been comforted about you through your faith. We can strengthen and encourage. That's why Timothy went to establish, that means strengthen, and exhort, that means encourage, the Thessalonians in the faith. So Timothy goes and does that. He strengthens others in the Lord. But he's also strengthening himself in the Lord. And the report, when it gets back to Paul, that strengthens Paul in the Lord. Isn't it great how when we all do our part, it all works together for our good and God's glory? We strengthen and encourage ourselves, others, in the Lord. And that's what was happening here, even when this great distance, this great separation. Number eight. The eighth thing that we can do is this. We can show faith and love. We can show faith and love. Verse 6... We've read it, but he says this. You know, Timothy comes back to Paul at, at Corinth. By then, Paul's at Corinth. Now that Timothy's come to us from you and he's brought us the good news of what? Faith and love. And reported that you always remember us kindly. You long for us. You long to see us. We long to see you. What were they doing? They were showing faith and love. And Timothy was and Paul was and it looks different. right? We can show faith and love. It looks different in a pandemic. 
But Timothy's report contains good news. The content is, wow, faith and love. But what does it produce? The product is good feelings for Paul. He says, man, that gives me joy. Man, that helps me to keep going. We can all show faith. We can all show love. In chapter 1 of 1 Thessalonians, he actually prays and says, I thank God that I see in you, you Thessalonians, your work of faith, your labor of love, and your steadfastness of hope. Faith, hope, and love, the great triad of the Christian life. And what does faith do? It works. What does love do? It labors. What does hope do? It remains steadfast. See 1 Thessalonians chapter 1, uh, around verse 3, 4, and then jump down to verse 9 and 10. You'll see the parallel. You'll see their work of faith. You'll see their labor of love. You'll see their steadfastness of hope. We can show faith and love until Easter and beyond. Number nine, pretty important. We hit on this last week. Number nine, we can stand firm. We can stand firm. We left off in verse eight of chapter three. Look at verse eight. For now, Paul says, we live. Now we live if... You're standing fast in the Lord. He'll hold us fast. And that's the only reason they could stand fast in persecution and hardship. And the only reason that Paul could. And he says, man, we're really living. Even when we're apart, if you're standing fast. Look at verse 3. Go back to chapter 3, verse 3. He says, this is one of the reasons that we sent Timothy, so that no one be moved by these afflictions. The word there is, is a, a Greek word that someone else actually uses of wagging of a dog's tail. You got a dog at home? The dog wags his tail. Paul says, the reason we sent Timothy was so that no one would be wagging like a dog's tail, back and forth, sliding one day and striving the next and not steadfast in their faith. We want you to be whoo, steadfast. Don't be wagging like a dog's tail. Be steadfast and movable, Paul would say, always giving yourself to the labor of the Lord, knowing that that work that you're doing, is, it's not in vain. We can stand firm. Whatever that looks like for us and our family, we can stand firm. He says that, that brings us comfort. We live if you're standing fast in the Lord. Verse 9, For what thanksgiving can we return to God for you for all the joy that we feel for your sake before our God? Look at verse 10. As we pray... Most earnestly, night and day. What's he praying for? That we may see you face to face. That's what we're praying for. We just don't know when it'll happen. But So that we may see you face to face and do what and supply what's lacking in your faith. We can just build one another up in the Lord. I have things that are lacking in my faith and you have things that are lacking in your faith. But if we can get together, that's what Paul says, that's what we're praying for. He opened with prayer. Chapter 2, verse 13. We thank God for you. We're praying for you, even when we're apart. So I get to the tenth thing that we can do, that they could do. Number ten, we can pray. We can pray. Anybody can do this. The pandemic could, could never stop this. Whether you've never been to a service since March 13th or whether you've been to some or you've only been to drive-in or you've never been in here, no matter your country, no matter your age, no matter your, your race, your sex, whatever, you can pray. And Paul prays. He says, we pray most earnestly, night and day. We want to see you. Which is what we're praying for. Praying to an end to this. And then he prays a prayer in verses 11 through 13, a prayer that has three petitions. In Bible college, I had a preaching class, and one of the first 
messages that I preached was a message on this little prayer. I liked it. I just thought it was so neat that Paul would end that chapter with a prayer. And the prayer has three parts. Petition number one is found in verse 11. What does he pray for? Now may our God and Father Himself and our Lord Jesus direct our way to you. He prays for a second visit. I pray that God our Father and our Lord Jesus Christ would direct our way to you. Now we don't know if Paul ever made it back to Thessalonica, but he was praying for it. He was praying for a lot of those churches and a lot of those cities. Oh, that I could come back and be with you. We can pray. Pray that we can be together again. Have you prayed for that? Have we stopped? Lord, we want to be one again. We can pray. Lord, I, I want to be with my brothers and sisters. That's petition number one. Petition number two, found in verse 12. And may the Lord make you increase and abound in love for one another and for all as we do for you. The second petition is a prayer for love, to increase and abound and overflow. And he says, our love for you, your love for one another, your love for all, your love for the world. You know what happens with the, when the elementary child grabs the gallon of milk? Mom gets nervous, right? Because it may overflow and spill out all onto the table. And Paul says, if it's your love, that's what I'm praying for. That the love of Christ would fill your heart and would spill out all over to your family and on the table and on the, the city and on your neighbors. And just, man, that lo God's love would increase and abound. Love. We can pray for that. The third petition is found in verse 13. He says, so that he may, here's the prayer, that he may establish your hearts. Strengthen your hearts, blameless in holiness. He, he prays for strong, holy hearts before our God and Father at the coming of our Lord Jesus with all His saints. He prays for their spiritual life, and holiness, and strength. And we can pray. We can pray. So I think in the next three months... We could do these things. We should be doing them all along. But no matter where you are, it doesn't matter if you're in the underground persecuted church. If you're in a pandemic, it doesn't matter. Number one, you can thank and pray. Number two, you can receive and believe the Word, whatever part you have. Number three, you can endure the suffering and the hardship. Christians before us have. We can too. Number four, we can long to be together. And sometimes there's something to that longing. Number five, we can be joyful. Paul would say in another letter to the church of Philippi, Rejoice in the Lord. Always. Can I say rejoice? Number six, we can send and support the work. Right? We can do it. Sergio's father, uh, Pastor Sergio, doing it in Mexico. You can, we can support that work. We might not be able to go there. He, he can do it through Zoom. Praise God, pastors are being raised up. We can send and support the work. We may be the Paul. We may be the Timothy. Number seven, we can strengthen and encourage ourselves and others in the Lord. Number eight, we can show faith and love. You always can. Number nine, we can stand firm. And that's going to look differently. Right? Sometimes God calls us to stand firm in quiet prayer in our prayer closet. And sometimes God calls the martyrs to stand firm at the stake and to, to die and to be burned alive. But whatever, don't, just don't wag. Number ten, we can pray. So here's the application. We can pray. And let's, let's hit on that because it's so key in this passage. 
I want us to do this, starting January 10th, starting today. Can we commit to three weeks of prayer? Just in the month of January, to take three weeks and to pray. Can we take three weeks to pray and to be very specific and to pray for our neighbors, to pray for our community, to pray for the area in in which we live, to pray. Can you pray for your neighbors for three weeks? Now, I introduced you through the newsletter and the app and on Facebook to a a website called Bless Every Home, blesseveryhome.com. I can help you with it. You can do it. You don't have to do it, but it's a great tool. And let me tell you what Bless Every Home is all about. You go on, you sign up for free, you enter your name and your address, and they tell you the names of your neighbors. It's like Google Maps. I get a map and I have every neighbor with a little, with a little icon on them and it tells me their name. And I can say, praying for the Rashids, praying for the Joneses. Praying for this person, that person, and that person. Don't, tell, don't ask me how they do it. It's legal. They're not breaking any laws. Guess what? They can pray for you. And I can go on there and I can say, give me 60 houses. I can draw a map and say, give me this radius. And I can pray for them. And if I'm really bold, I can go on there and I can log my prayer. I prayed for this person today. I prayed for this person today. I prayed for this person. Just a little, little thing and it'll, it'll show me how many times I've prayed for them. If, I, if I'm really active, I can, it, the next little button is care. And if I've cared for them, if I took them cookies, if I cut their grass, I can do care. If I'm really filled with the Spirit and I share the gospel with them, there's a place where I can click that little share. I shared with him, with her, with them. And then if they're being discipled, I can hit that click and I can say, that person's being discipled. I know them in my neighborhood. I'm not discipling them, but they're Christians and a church is. So I can make them blue. They can go from red to yellow to to green to blue. They're, They're being discipled. What a great age we live in. And I can know my neighbors' names and pray for them. Track it. Blesseveryhome.com The great thing is uh, you can sign up. And some people have. Josh, I know you've signed up. I know uh, Brittany's signed up. I know some others have signed up. And when you link to a Daresville Baptist Church, here's what I can do. I can go and see who you're praying for. And I can see your progress and go, shame on you. No, I don't do that. I don't do that. I can say this. Well, I didn't know that they lived in... I didn't know that Delarosas lived near you. Hey, that's cool. So I can pray with you for your neighbors. And, and you can pray for one another's. And we can say, hey, this is, this is really neat. Now, if you need help, I can, I can get you those names. Our Georgia Baptist Convention can get you those names. There's, there are other resources that can, can get you those names. But we can pray for our neighbors for three weeks. We can pray for our community, the people that live around us. And it's just prayer to start. I met this week with uh, our Northwest Georgia uh, evangelism director and a couple other pastors, one from Holly Springs, I suppose, and one from Rome, and we talked about evangelism. Even asked each other, when was the last time you shared your faith? How did that go? And I had to say, you know, it was this day, uh, and I was driving away, and the Lord had to, like, punch me in the spiritual whatever head and say, turn the truck around and go back. And share a little more with the man. I had to turn in the driveway and go back and say, man, I needed to share with you. I didn't. You know, I gave you the simple, God bless you, and thought that that was good. Enough. No, I need to give you this. I need to share this with you. But we were able to share ideas. One pastor said, this is what I'm doing. I live in a subdivision that has an HOA and has a Facebook page. Do you live in that online? Do you live in that kind of neighborhood 
where you have something in your, your community. Some of you don't. You, you live out in the sticks. Good. God bless you. Good for you. Right? Do that. <laughs> you need to do that. But we said, what if we could, what if we could do this? Just post on the, the, the HOA page or whatever, the community page, and say, hey, uh, we're going to be in your neighborhood praying this Saturday, whatever, from 3 to 4. We're going to be walking the neighborhood. If you have a prayer request, tape that to your mailbox, and we'll just pick it up and pray it for it. Wouldn't that be a great way to let our neighbors know we're praying for you? We can all pray. We can pray. We can, we can let others know, hey, I want to care for you. But my goal is, is that it wouldn't stop there, that eventually we could, we could share the gospel. BlessEveryHome.com if you're interested in joining that. Three weeks of prayer, we can pray for Adairsville. Make your own list of your own names. We can do all of these other things too, right? Can you do these 10 things for, for three months until Easter, until we get together, whatever, how many months that is? Yeah. We, we can send in support. We can be joyful. We can strengthen and encourage. We can be steadfast. I love how the prayer ends in chapter 3. First Thessalonians is all about the coming of the Lord. So the last words say this. At the coming. May your hearts be encouraged and strengthened so at the coming, because He is coming, at the coming of our Lord Jesus with all His saints. Uh, Christ is coming. It, the signs are everywhere. It may be years and years, but it's, it's the last days, right? Are we ready? Is our community ready? The last words tell us Jesus is coming. Let's be steadfast until He does. Let's pray. Thank you for tuning in to this episode of Making Christ Known. We invite you to join us again next time for another sermon from Adairsville Baptist Church. For more information, visit us on Facebook or online at adairsvillebaptistchurch.org. Thanks for listening, and we look forward to connecting with you again soon.